0: Hello, everyone. Dr. Stillman here with Clark Engelbert. We are excited today to talk to people about minerals. Minerals have become maybe my favorite thing to manipulate in clinical practice because you get out of control out of this world over the top results. I actually kind of feel bad for people who don't use minerals in clinical practice. It must make helping people so hard.
1: battle. it's an uphill battle, thanks for being here today. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me, doc. Uh, yeah, but you know, it is an uphill battle, uh, dealing with, uh, chronic conditions in patients and clients. And if you're not using minerals, if you're not using them strategically, really with a hair tissue mineral analysis and with the understanding of how they interact, that's really the key to using minerals to get big results with clients, with yourself, with your family, with your friends, um, you know, so that you can kind of be king of the hill. And um, yeah, you know, and feel, can... feel and look your best. Exactly, exactly. So um, hopefully we'll get into today a lot of the details of those, uh, those concepts of those ideas. But yeah, that's really understanding how to use a hair test, um, you know, strategically. And, and with a lot of these uh, different conceptual frameworks, the interactions, the idea that the minerals exist in a system, all of these things really inform the course that we're going to be putting out for everyone.
0: And um, we're also going to be covering some myths, some legends, and some very bad memes about minerals.
1: I can't wait. Oh. for the, I want to hear the legends part. I didn't, I didn't hear <laughs> legends.
0: <laughs> Without further ado. Okay. Yeah. Secrets of hair tissue analysis. Clark Engelbert, Dr. Stillman. All right, so what we're gonna talk about, what are minerals, why do they matter? What is hair tissue mineral analysis? Why can't we just replace minerals in the body and make people better? Newsflash, you are not as simple as a car, even though I love using car analogies. Mm -hmm. You can't just add more oil to the oil pan. You can't just add more you know, windshield wiper fluid to the windshield wiper thing. You need these things to be in balance. Inconvenient truth, but it is. And what are most people getting wrong about hair tissue mineral analysis in our modern world, including those who talk about basically either hair tissue mineral analysis or minerals in general? Hmm. All right. So who am I? I'm a general practitioner. I'm a medical doctor. I specialize in functional and integrative medicine. I've been featured by Ben Greenfield, Mind, Body, Green, Dr. Joe Mercola, many, many more. If you want to know more about me, check out my podcast, subscribe to my YouTube channel, watch my videos. You can find out a lot about me and what I do through that. And I now run a 99% virtual practice here in the lovely free state of Florida.
1: Clark. Yes. uh, My name is Clark Engelbert. I'm the owner and CEO of Nutritional Analytics, which is a company that specializes in using hair tissue mineral analysis to uh, set up healing protocols for people. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be featured in the documentary Heavy by Dr. Winnie Myers, which is coming out later this year. She's got some pretty heavy hitters in that documentary. Joe Mercola. Dr. Uh, Perlmutter is gonna be in this one. So we shot footage for that um, a little earlier this year. My Mm -hmm. background is in nutritional sciences and in biochemistry. And I was trained by Dr. Lawrence Wilson uh, in hair tissue mineral analysis interpretation. Many people would consider Dr. Wilson one of the leading authorities in the world on HTMA um, at this time.
0: Yeah, I think it's fair to say that Hair tissue mineral analysis is a very niche
1: testing modality. Very. Wilson studied with Eck, did he not? Yes, Dr. Wilson basically uh, was trained directly by Dr. Paul Eck, who started all of this uh, hullabaloo yeah. uh, with hair tissue mineral analysis in the seventies. He started to really uh, a lot of the principles that we'll talk about come from uh, doc- a lot of Dr. Eck's insights from. Right the 70s and 80s, right?
0: Okay, if you want to follow me, my my handle is StillmanMD everywhere. Substack, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and Clark's
1: are. Nutritional underscore analytics on Instagram. That's the main social media uh, vehicle that we've got up now. Um, I do sometimes use Facebook like a blog So there are some longer blog posts on that personal profile there. Um, You know, so sometimes Instagram cuts off the number of characters you can use. So that gets in the way of really uh, writing some more detailed posts that are on, that I use Facebook for. So those two. And for people who've got questions in the
0: comments, we will be responding to those later. We've got all this mapped out. So just bear with us. We will be answering Mm -hmm. uh, your questions. Okay, so why minerals matter? There's a reason that I'm on here today talking about minerals. So I'm 35 years old. I remember my first naturopathic mentor. I took him on when I was like, or he took me on, I guess, at 14 or 15. Spent the last 20 years really trying to figure out what really mattered. I've used vitamins in high doses and low doses, I've used minerals in high doses and low doses, I've used IV nutrition, I've used oral nutrition. I've tested blood levels. I've tested urine levels of different things. I've tested hair tissue mineral analysis. I've tested lots and lots and lots of things. I've had a really eclectic group of mentors all over the country. And I've concluded that if you are not fixing the mineral system underneath everything, you are going to get mediocre results and fleeting results. And if there's two characteristics that I want to describe the results I get for people who work with me, it's significant and durable like a good truck, it's big, and it's heavy, and it is not going to break down after Mm -hmm. even if you run it through the mud and take it off road and all that. That's Mm -hmm. how I mean, most people who work with me want to be. So minerals are the bedrock of health. And on top of that, by the way, heavy metals are the fastest way to undermine and destroy that foundation of good health. Mm -hmm. If you actually look at the lethal dose of different toxins in nature required to kill an animal, such Mm -hmm. as a person, the things that are most toxic are actually metals. Um, and if you look at how powerful minerals are, I mean, tiny, tiny, tiny quantities of minerals shift mm. the needle on someone's health massively, like you've only got 18 grams of, of, of magnesium in the average human body, you know, that could fit in like this little pill bottle, mm-hmm. It could fit almost in the palm of my hand, I think, mm-hmm. if you look at like copper, it's something like 80 to 120 milligrams, It's tiny. It's it fits easily in the palm of your hand. But if those minerals are not in the body in the proper way, it's a disaster. It would be like imagine taking all of the screws out of your house and putting them in one corner of the garage, the house would collapse. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not just about having enough. It's about having them in the right place and sort of fastened, so to speak, in the right way. And one of the big problems with how we analyze things in medicine is that if you look at how we can test things right generally speaking we have three you know arguably more but there's three basic things that we can easily test hair urine blood you can do saliva you can do skin there's lots of drawbacks you can do like toenails and fingernails and whatever but i'm going to stick to these three the big problem with this is that the urine and the blood flux quickly they change very rapidly. Mm -hmm. i've seen mercury levels as high as like 20 something or 30 something that are you know five or six within a matter of days um, in the blood for example and so you can't really trust that the hair grows relatively slowly but fast enough that it's a nice marker for two to three weeks of minerals Mm -hmm. and it's also going to show you how things are being incorporated not just well into the external tissues of the body and what's being excreted from the body And that makes it a much more interesting window into what's going on not only in the blood but in the gut inside of your vital organs and inside of your
1: body in general Mm -hmm. yes absolutely and the other thing that i would say about hair analysis that uh some people are missing um, is that this test is a phenomenal way to test the tissue status of the elements over the long haul like you mentioned but it's also measuring the status of the whole mineral system which is a newer sort of idea that dr eck introduced and has been elaborated on in the literature a little more recently in human beings yeah uh, uh via this new field called ionomics mm-hmm. um, and so that's really where the magic is in using the htma as an assessment tool is that we can assess the status of the whole mineral system right all at one time. Right.
0: Um, real quick blood brain barrier, which is on this slide. Yes. Uh, that's it's BBB is blood brain barrier. Jennifer asked that question. I wanted to cover that before we move off this. Slide. Yes, right.
1: yes, exactly. So
0: go ahead. Yeah. I mean, where you were going is where I'm going. Normal blood levels do not equal optimal total levels in the body. And I really want to stress how important it is to understand that this is not just about having the right, you know, to go back to the screws analogy in your house. You know, if you put the right number of screws in your living room, it doesn't mean that they're going to hold the ceiling up. They have to be in the right place. They have to be put in the proper location, orientation. All this matters. And so people will chase blood levels and they will be deceived thinking, oh, you know, your mag level is good, your zinc level is good, your copper level is good. And they will completely miss all of the benefit of changing nutrient loads in the diet, but then also altering, um, you know how we're just altering all kinds of other things that will inc- improve how these things are incorporated into the body we're going to talk more about that later
1: also incredibly important to know that uh blood levels of minerals do not correlate with the tissue status of those elements right. at all right. and it's very important to know that like calcium most of the calcium in your body is stored in bone most of the zinc in your body is stored in muscle yeah uh, right and so on and so forth so using the hair test as a tissue test or biopsy test, we can correlate it much more efficiently or strongly to the tissue status in the body of the minerals versus like a blood test, which blood is simply a transport medium. We're really measuring uh, in the blood, you know, elements being moved from tissue site to tissue site, basically.
0: Right, and so mineral deficiencies is just the beginning. It's the tip of the iceberg. Mineral balancing is actually the key to optimizing people. uh, And that's really what this is all about
1: hmm. Exactly. And and to that point, really quickly, um, you know, when we say mineral balancing or we use the phrase like mineral system, this comes from the idea that minerals interact with each other. And and there's not a lot of people on social media or even in the academic world that are elaborating on this idea or talking about where the idea comes from. Right. But it comes from a bunch of landmark papers in the early 70s by these two researchers Hill and Matrone who theorized that minerals and biological systems or elements in biological systems would interact if they had similar physiochemical characteristics, like ionic radii, yes. orbitals, coordination numbers? And so, if we look you know, at the periodic table, uh, like copper, cadmium, and zinc all have very similar uh, physiochemical characteristics, including uh, orbitals and coordination numbers. So Mm -hmm. they, they did a lot of that research in the seventies and then at least they proposed the idea, but then there was follow up research to corroborate that. And that's really, uh, I would say one of the most important principles or concepts of all of this, it's that these elements interact, why do they interact? They interact for these reasons of similarities in chemical characteristics. And so that's really where that idea comes from. Um, and, and really why it's so important.
0: Yeah. And so, um, this is part of why the topic is so complex. Mm -hmm. Linus Pauling won the Nobel prize in chemistry. He also won the Nobel peace prize. He said, you can trace every sickness, every disease, and every ailment to a mineral deficiency. What he never got into in his research was really looking at how the other, um, how these elements really work together when patients are not actually acutely ill or don't have a chronic disease that's manifested. You can still be balancing people's minerals in order to get them further and further and further away from sickness and into better and better and better health. So like I was saying, you can't practice great medicine without great minerals. You can't get great results without mineral balancing. And I don't think people can really stay well when they don't keep their minerals in balance. And there's a ton of things in our modern world that are leading people to be imbalanced. So. When I look at symptoms, because one thing that people are always looking to me for is well, what's the diagnosis. We're going to talk about that more later. Mm. But when I look at what I see in people who've got severe mineral imbalances, they're tired, they have pain, they have anxiety, they have a lack of focus and clarity, they have headaches, joint pain, they have digestive issues. Yeah, I didn't put that on here. I can't believe I forgot that. They have metabolic syndrome and derangements. They're overweight. They have blood sugar problems, <laughs> um, and they may have you know d- they may end up with dementia, and that's really clear across the literature, you can look at so many papers on this, and you'll see these links. But all those links are looking at for the most part, are these people deficient? There's Mm -hmm. more sophisticated papers that I've particularly been looking at right now in the context of copper, where they Mm -hmm. show that the the dementia brain has low levels of usable copper, but Mm -hmm. the body may actually have copper elevation. And so people are having this argument back and forth in the literature well is dementia a copper toxicity problem or is dementia a copper utilization problem i think it's very clearly a utilization problem which is why you need the minerals to be balanced because copper depends on the other minerals in order to be properly used among
1: other things and on that point of copper really quickly in wilson's disease uh there is a massive buildup of copper in the biliary liver axis but there is copper deficiency in the peripheral tissues. Yes, it is more complicated than simply, you know, is it low or is it high, you know, utilization matters quite a bit. And we'll, we'll get into that as well. A little later,
0: Um, Jim asks if there's a link between autoimmune diseases and uh, like, psoriasis and minerals. And the answer is 1000 1000% yes, we're going to talk about that later. So uh, because minerals are pleiotropic, they are and pleiotropic means they do a lot of different things. They're vital for hormones, production, regulation, detoxification, excretion, neurotransmitters, protein synthesis, energy production within the cell, detoxification, healing, immunity, life in general. There's no function in the body. I remember in an inorganic chemistry class, which I can't believe now was almost 15 years ago. Actually, no, it's 17 years ago. I would've been 18 years old. It was my first semester in college. And my professor, Professor Zim, I don't even remember if I've got his name right. It's been a while. So he says, he says something like, we used to think that 15% of enzymes worked with, you know, minerals. And now we think it's more like 45%. He said, so if you extrapolate that, it it, just wait 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, we're going to figure out that all of them work with minerals.
1: So they're really important. Exactly. And enzymes are running or catalyzing biochemical reactions, you know, so a lot of the history of biochemistry research is essentially, the study of enzymes basically, and how those uh, enzymes are really catalyzing and making reactions happen much more quickly. So it goes back to this pleiotropic concept of the minerals are used, you know, each individual mineral is sometimes used thousands and hundreds of different times if we look at them individually, right? Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah, there's just a, uh, it's a better question to ask, uh, what are the minerals not used for? That's an easier question to answer than what are they actually used for, yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so the key to balancing minerals is understanding what controls minerals and then understanding how they interact and incomplete understanding arises from not understanding or or comprehending both of these things. Mm -hmm. One of the really important principles that I always explain to people comes from Hippocrates, one of the father, the father of medicine in the West illnesses do not come upon us out of the blue. They are developed from small daily sins against nature when enough sins have accumulated illnesses will suddenly appear. And you'll see this in the mineral world, because people will think, oh, it, it, you know, I'm eating a healthy diet. Well, what does that mean? Mm. Small shifts in how much you're eating, how many grams of salt you're having, how many grams of potassium, how many grams of calcium, magnesium, copper, zinc, over time has an incredible effect on your overall mineral balance. And people yeah. don't understand this. The same thing's true with heavy metals, right? So you mm. think nothing of perhaps of cooking with aluminum pans or cooking in aluminum foil or, you know, uh having other aluminum exposures and yet these are actually interfering with other minerals in the system that are trying to keep you healthy and well and that's how people wind up with these big burdens of toxic
1: metals Mm -hmm. that you'll then
0: see coming out on hair tissue mineral analyses uh in very very high
1: quantities yes and And i I would say that might be another one of the most important points that we make the entire uh, webinar here is that uh it's slow uh it's a slow burn when it comes to mineral imbalances and deficiencies yes the development of those occurs over time. But what's really phenomenal about the hair test is that it's a longer term type of test. So we can mm-hmm. kind of track those uh, those deficiencies, those imbalances as they occur over time. You're right. not going to get something like that with a blood test. No way.
0: I mean, unless you did like serial blood tests every I mean, single day for you know four months. I don't know who's going to do that. Ain't nobody got time for that.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> so. What imbalances minerals in our modern world? There's a lot of causes. Depleted soils, hint, we use NPK fertilizer in this country and all over the world in order to make foods big and juicy and healthy because we all buy our food based on weight, which means the more water and cellulose they can pack into the plant, the better off their margin is going to be. And so they're not repleting the soils with zinc or copper or chromium or selenium or any of these other trace elements that are still vital to life. Processed foods, you often strip out the mineral dense portion, like the husk of rice or the, the germ of wheat, things like that. Mm. Psychological stress is profoundly imbalancing to minerals. Mm. I think it's one of the real hidden things that people who say, Well, I eat perfect or I eat this or I take supplements or whatever. Why am I still low? I'm like, look, you're a, as Jim likes to say, you're a stress monster. Mm-hmm. You, know, you love your stress, you're addicted to it. You got you gotta chill out and relax. Mm -hmm. Heavy metals interfere with normal physiology. They will compete with the other, with your nutritive minerals, as Clark was saying. Mm -hmm. Physical stress, heat, cold, sound, vibration, light, any kind of physical stress, electromagnetic stress, so EMF, electromagnetic fields, all these will have an effect on your mineral balance. And like I said before, it may be small and you may not think much of it, but over Mm -hmm. time that compounds. Mm -hmm hormonal imbalances, as we're going to talk about later as well, and then just in general disconnection from nature, because if there's one principle, I really believe it's that nature gives us the energy and the frequency and the the um, the instruction for how to use minerals as well as other
1: nutrients so that we actually utilize them properly. Yeah, and one big one I would add as well is sugar um, to this list. Sugar... Requires... processed food category. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. All right, so how do minerals really work?
0: So more is not always better, as we've been talking about. Um, Real quick overview, they're absorbed in the body by the body in the gut. Um, Some people are going to say, Well, what about my Epsom salt bath? What about my um, float tank with my Epsom salts? Am I not getting magnesium through the skin? No one has actually studied that properly, as far as I know. Mm -hmm. And so I would actually like to do the study. But that story for another day, you lose minerals in your urine, your feces and your sweat, your body's going to excrete excess minerals and heavy metals in these three things, mm-hmm. which is part of why having appropriate, you know, foods coming in with things like fiber, like fiber can really help you get rid of a lot of toxins and toxic metals. Mm-hmm. Uh, being properly hydrated is key because your body's going to concentrate those toxic metals in the urine and sweat. Mm-hmm. And then things like sauna have a profound impact on this which is why you know i went to the trouble of interviewing brian richards the other day on my youtube channel which you can go find if you put in like sauna you, you know it's dr stillman youtube whatever um and so you'll see huge huge um effects of detoxification protocols on people in part because you're getting rid of heavy metals and excess minerals mm-hmm. now they're also controlled by hormones so if you look and we'll talk more about this later but if you look at levels of hormones they'll control what minerals are being absorbed Because basically the hormones are sending the body are the body's signals to the rest of the body of okay we need more of this we need less of that so excrete this and absorb that and then they interact with vitamins amino acids fatty acids carbohydrates which is why you have to have a complex understanding and comprehensive understanding of how all these things are fitting together otherwise you're just never going to get these minerals right right okay absorption principles so the minerals and metals compete with one another And so you're going to see toxic levels of metals go up in people whose mineral levels are down because Mm. the body can't tell the difference. And you're going to see people who eat more of the minerals they're low in actually Mm. detox a lot of the toxic metals and feel a lot better. One
1: thing thing I would love to say on this point is that there has been research looking at the mechanisms for how this actually occurs. And there's one paper in particular that I think is really interesting to just note Mm. and highlight right now. Uh, It was a metalomics or ionomics study done on kids, and they noted that in zinc and magnesium deficiency states, what happens is, is that certain of the absorptive molecules in the gut that are, uh, re- you know, required to absorb and and send out these minerals to their uh, tissue sites, those are upregulated massively in zinc and like magnesium deficiency, right? Yeah. And so like, one example is like zinc importer four, uh, which is upregulated in zinc deficiency. Um, What happens when you're exposed to the metals in this deficiency state is that those importers will absorb more of the metals because they can't, they actually can't distinguish in some ways, those, uh, the metals like cadmium and lead from zinc because of the characteristics that are so similar, um, like ionic radii orbitals and others. Right. But they've looked at it and they've looked at the mechanism. So we know exactly what's going on there. Right. So um, GI illnesses interfere with absorption. Many of you
0: are struggling with leaky gut, SIBO, IBS, IBD. That alone will really derange your minerals, and then mineral derangements can fuel those illnesses and impair your ability to recover from them.
1: Vicious cycles. Vicious
0: cycles. Yeah. Um, acid lowering medications very common, very commonly used, and also acid lowering foods. To be fair, like people who are you know consuming a ton of dairy that's really hard for your body to break down. And so this can contribute to and, pl- and keep close company with people having mineral imbalances. Hmm. And then supplements like binders and clays. And I mean, there's so many things people are just throwing around without understanding how they may affect mineral balance. And I'm not going to tell you that I have definitive proof of this clay or that clay or this binder or that binder, totally wrecking somebody's health. Hmm. But we really don't know well how they interfere this and people are just basically blindly guessing. And so one of the things I've seen in my practice is someone will be doing something like really aggressively saunaing, and mm-hmm. I look at their mineral levels and I say, look, you've got to stop that because right. you don't have enough mineral density in your tissues to sustain the losses that you're enduring. Right. And so yes, it's a good idea to do things for detoxification, whether again, it's binders, minerals, clay, sauna, coffee enemas, whatever, you know, pick your poison, so to speak, pun intended. Um, but you, you, you can't just like, randomly do this quantifying things is really important. Otherwise, you're going to get into trouble. Exactly. So losses, I can't stress this enough, pun intended, they're increased by stress. And so so many people come to me, and they're like, I don't understand why I've been taking supplements and this and that and the other thing and or particularly people have been working with me for a long time because they start to look at me like, hey, why am I taking all these magnesium supplements you're telling me to take but my magnesium levels are not increasing. And I say, Look, Mm. who are a ceo who flies around the country all the time and has like four kids you know and your ex-wife is crazy like what do you mean why do you not know why your minerals are are low Mm. you know it's the stress Mm. you know become a buddhist monk and then you won't need magnesium supplements so they're lost in sweat urine feces cold heat sound i mentioned all that before and again they're controlled by hormones which is part of how that's mediated so just a couple of quick examples of how hormones control minerals. So mineralocorticoids is a complicated word for better the better known um, cortisol and aldosterone. They help you retain sodium and dump potassium. Estrogen helps you retain copper, the higher a woman's estrogen level, whether it's coming from synthetic estrogens and birth control or estrogens from hormone replacement therapy or estrogens just for endogenous production, mm-hmm. the more copper she's going to have in her blood, whether or not it comes out in the hair every time. Um, testosterone increases iron absorption mm. because the higher your T, the more muscle you're going to have and the more iron you're going to need in order to fuel all that metabolism, mm-hmm. um, vitamin D testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, they all regulate bone formation and breakdown mm-hmm. bones made out of minerals. And so you got to remember you've got these giant, this giant sink of minerals in your bone mm-hmm. and the health of the, that bone is dependent upon these minerals and on the hormones, which mm-hmm. is why we have such an epidemic of osteoporosis today, that's increasingly affecting both men and women.
1: Yeah. And what I would say on that point, um, especially as it relates to estrogen, Mm -hmm. is that all of the heavy metals are estrogen mimics. Mm. The same way that metals can actually mimic your essential elements. And you know, there's a fancy term for that called ionic mimicry. But there's molecular mimicry, which basically is this idea that the metals can also uh, mimic endogenous biomolecules right
0: and then add to that that a lot of our synthetic chemicals like bisphenol a is the one that's gotten the most pressed but there's so many like it they're also estrogen mimickers so we really live in what we might describe as an estrogen dominant world where we're seeing more and more problems with low testosterone low progesterone high estrogen levels that may not be out of control like super high levels of um estrogen like they may
1: be normal but the ratios are way off Mm. Mm-hmm, exactly. Or there might just be, you know, what I see a lot is like 30 and 40 year olds who've got like subclinically low testosterone and they're like, I've done everything. I've taken all of the tongue got Ali that I can. Yeah. You know, there's something deeper going on there.
0: And I have a testosterone webinar that I just did with Jim Laird a month ago that people yes. want to learn more about that because it's a major, major problem that's being massively underdiagnosed so minerals affect hormones zinc is required for hormone activation via protein translation so if you don't have enough zinc you can't make protein it's a big problem Mm -hmm. magnesium is required for dna manipulation in many many different ways if you don't have enough magnesium you're not going to be able to protect your your dna insulin requires zinc to function to make this a really which is a very 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 long story short you need trace elements for the production of all of your hormones Mm -hmm. and so this is one of the big problems in the anti-aging quite frankly, industry today, mm-hmm. lots and lots and lots of people are focused on the hormones and they'll give you testosterone and progesterone and estrogen and thyroid hormone. And they'll give you cortisol. Yes, there's safe and effective uses for all those things. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have total adrenal failure, you have Addisonian crisis, I've seen people basically dying from that and they have to take exogenous cortisol, mm-hmm. but people are basically propping up a mineral.